Let's View from 202, a New York Red Bulls fan podcast available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and direct from our website, viewfrom202.com. Hey folks, it's episode 39 of View from 202, coming at you this week with some, some more twofer action. We have uh, two games to cover, all the better. Some good news, some bad news, as you know by now. Um, but uh, joining you on this once again cold uh, March day, it's uh, Brit Bird, joined as always by uh, Alex Peaches Chang in Sam Place. What happened? Because it was like 60s for yeah. two weeks. So sunny. Almost wore shorts. Us. I've been saying... We did worse. I've shorts. been saying that we've had it coming. Yeah. We totally deserve Although it. Although it did give us an opportunity to test out our newly arrived scarves. We, had, we didn't actually talk about our, our season ticket packages that we've received but i can say gladly i mean over the last weekend that the scarf we've received this year is a bunch better functional scarf than last year it's been doing a good job keeping me warm so is that because it's longer because yeah it's because it's longer last year's if you had it you knew it was like kind of exactly the length that your arm span was when you lifted over your head so that when you tried to lift when if you doubled it over and cinched it around your neck it kind of just like barely stuck through this one's got like it seems six to eight inches extra on it so you can kind of do more with it and it's more like a regular just scarf i think it's a better arm length for me just because i've yeah because you're tall yeah because yeah, you're giant um yeah 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 um <laughs> But uh, on the way walking over here, some guy actually said, like over on uh, Lafayette, he's like, let's go Red Bulls. Lafayette. And I got I got catcalled in the only way acceptable, which is to compliment my Red <laughs> nice Bulls. Nice scarf, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. So we've got we've got uh, three segments today, actually. Uh, keeping hit, keeping you fresh with more content. Um, first one, we're talking about two games. Uh, it is the CCL game and the season opener. Second segment, we're gonna we have a special topic of discussion, and third segment's looking forward as always. But let's let's go into this first one. Uh, so we had two games this week. One last Thursday, not Wednesday. I apologize. All my dates were wrong last episode. I said both Wednesday and Saturday when it was really Thursday and Sunday. And I still hurried to get it on on Wednesday morning. Yeah. Yeah, so sorry about that. We all know now that it was actually Thursday where we played in Vancouver. Um, both Sam and I, though, were were a bit uh, negligent, I suppose. Negligent fans. Filthy casuals. Yeah, was, casuals of the... Like, I, was, I was packing. I was, I was traveling. Yeah. Packing? I was, you weren't even... Uh, whatever. But uh, the long and short of it is that uh, Peaches really got the best... Uh, take of this game. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, this is about to happen. So, uh, we lose 2-0 in Vancouver mm-hmm. after only... Well, I guess we just needed to win the game, period. It's, it was simple as that. Or 2-2 uh, draw, or 3-3 yeah. three, three draw. Comprehensive draw. disappointment. We have left the CONCACAF Champions League for the year 2017. Um, Peaches, what, what's, the, what's the deal here? Everything sucks. Yeah? world should burn. Well, it sucked. Duh. Right, it doesn't still suck. I mean, well, I'm spoiler in, alert: another game happened. Oh but. yeah, well, I'm I'm trying to contain myself to this segment. Okay, so, yeah. So what was the issue? We gave up an early goal. Yeah, it was kind of it was it was another weirdly. I don't want to say it's flukish, but like it, it was kind of lucky for Vancouver again. Um, was it individual error? Is that what you mean? 
So break us down to describe the goal. I don't even remember. It was Alfonso Davies, right? He scored. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just kind of ran it down. I don't even remember how it happened. I, I really just don't remember the details. You I would try to repress this yeah. Yeah, as much as I could because okay. uh, it really put me in the bad mood. Yeah. So we go uh, down early, though. Yeah. Um, and and sounds like the entire attitude of the team responded accordingly and that we kind of were low energy and yeah. did not respond well to some early adversity. And then this gets... We get with the pain poured on a little bit with yet again another Gonzalo Verón early season injury before he really gets a chance to start. Oh, what happens my here? God, that that oh I forgot that that happened so early. Verón just went down, crumpled over. I looked at him. I shook my head. Um, Deja vu all over again. Yeah, I mean I think that that really took the energy out of the game because we we I mean it was only like five minutes, but like we we had looked good. We had looked like we had a game plan going into that. Mm-hmm. Etienne then, replaces him, right? Yeah. How does Etienne look? Does he have to take his time to get into the game, or did he look like a? It was very a collective failure sum? of getting the ball up there. Yeah. Um. I mean, we had a lot of good chances. Uh. I mean, we should have scored at least one goal. Um. But it just wasn't working for us. Um. I was kind of banking on us going to extra time, but I really didn't want us to go to extra time, knowing that we have a game in three days. Um. So, I mean, it, it it just seemed like a collective failure from the entire team to get motivated mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So what's the story on the second goal? Um, second goal, uh, you know, the, we gave up a corner. Um, I think someone lost his man, probably Kamar. Kamar was responsible a little bit for both goals. Um, he got in front of Alfonso Davies, but he couldn't stretch out enough for or. Re- Robo's going to make the save on the far post. Second goal, Freddy Montero just gets in the box, uh, bangs one in. Wow. Yeah. So, do you have an abbreviated goat and woat? I heard a lot about Colin in particular. Yeah. Um, uh, Colin gets the woat. Yeah. Um, just Aaron passing. Uh, same mistakes that he made at home. Um, defensively, he didn't seem like he was able to cover. He just couldn't get into the way of the ball. Um yeah, I mean, Sasha also looked bad. Um, Sasha... Just, was it a failure to enter himself into the game, or was he actively turning the ball over? He, he was actively turning the ball over. He just didn't look like he was confident at any point. So I guess my question would be that, did Colin, was like as a result of this CCL games, did Colin not... Is that why he did not start against Atlanta, which I assume we will transition into. I think it's more of a product of him just being tired and us wanting to have fresh legs. Um, Aaron Long is obviously younger, so I think he probably has a little bit more stamina, um, so we put Damien Perrinell in, but I, I I, don't see... I see a lot more upside to having Perrinell in at, right, at this moment than having Colin in. Yeah, sounds like a little bit of A and a little bit of B. Okay, do you have a GOAT, or is it one of those games that's impossible? Yeah, I mean, I'll give it to... Uh, Felipe because really? you know, okay. I mean right. I thought Felipe gave the ball up a lot but you know he just kept doing what he did so yeah it's hard that game is just hard there's no clear answer for me okay maybe Robles well I don't have a better an- uh, answer yeah. unfortunately um, before we move on to the regular season proper uh, so we're out we're out of the CCL FC mm-hmm. Dallas is in still in uh, CCL uh, excuse me Vancouver is still in uh, was it Pumas is still in um, yeah. Wow. And uh, unfortunately, I, don't, I can't remember the last one. Um, does, is this Pachuca? Pachuca? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Does this rank as a huge failure to you? It's on the one hand, it's extremely 
quiet and anticlimactic, I think by virtue of us having a small crowd yeah. in our first game and being kind of preseason. Uh, but yet, you know, we're out of the Continental Championship, a game that we hyped and I think a lot of the diehards truly mm. believe in and truly uh, value. I prioritize this game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to 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 a certain point. I mean, I still think it's impressive that we made it that far. I think that the, it's just that much more frustrating because it, we, it was a series we knew we should have and, and most likely could have won. I mean, I think we obviously could have won. Right. And I think that a lot, a lot of people had had considered us, you know, easy. There's an easy pathway into the the the, the semifinals. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's kind of shocking, definitely disappointing. Um, but I mean, after watching preseason and just kind of seeing the lack of urgency, uh, I feel like we didn't really, as a team, prioritize it. Because if we were to prioritize it, you know, I think we would have maybe, I guess, I, I almost want to say we wouldn't have gone straight into that four-two-two-two. We would have held on to a system that we had known yeah. and we, then that we were more comfortable with. Because that way we would have, you know, played with more confidence. I so, wonder. I, don't know. I wonder if at this point um, the four two 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 is our more familiar system, though, just because of the amount of which we've used in preseason. Uh, no, I mean, I think, I think I get, and I, I know what you're getting at, yeah. but um, I think it definitely shows that we're still getting used to it. I mean, I think even Jesse Marsh had said mentioned yeah. that at the in the post game uh, in against Atlanta. So I yeah. mean, it's very it's clear that we're committing to this system for you know the long term, and there's going to be some rough patches at first, and you know I guess a consequence of that is to just not be as good as we could have been in CCL. Here, yeah. But the good thing about our uh, CCL game and our our last game, which I guess I won't get too far into, is that we're able to seamlessly switch in between going into the... Uh, but it seems like that we failed at switching between systems. Oh, no, no, that we can seamlessly move between what's necessary for a 4231 or uh, a 4222, uh, or maybe the 4-3-3, even, that, that we we're able to do that in-game, not as a like necessary single-handed tactical switch. Right. Yeah, I think the most painful part of this is is the sense of unforced error um, that we made this a lot more difficult for us than we needed to. Um, but uh, it would have been a lot of fun to see FC Dallas and us go against two Mexican teams in the semifinals. It yeah. would have been really dramatic. Because those yeah. are arguably the two best teams in yeah. last year, regular season, the two best teams. Yeah. I guess them in Austin, Colorado. And yeah. then a Dallas, RBNY... Concacaf final would have been so cool, but um, yeah. But at this point, I want the Mexican teams to win. I don't. I'm not. No. All, I'm not the. I'm not for the whole all for MLS thing. But also, like we, I I think everyone is collectively like just fine with Dallas. Yeah. Like, I mean, like hell, I'm the Houstonian here who's apologizing for Dallas. You know how bad that is. Uh, I mean, I just. I want to be the first one to win it. That's that's it. That's it's a petty thing for me. Yeah. I, I just want to be the first. I'd rather yeah. have we've There's, we've we've seen Mexico win year after year. That's true. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'd rather us just win it for the first time. I don't know. Maybe I, like, I don't have anything against Mexico either, though. But um, or a Mexican team either. Yeah. Um. All right. So putting a pin on that. I mean, like maybe we'll talk about this more at a future date, probably. But the the format has changed for CCL now mm-hmm. for uh, the next season, which we have already qualified for. Um. So I, it'll it'll be something new. We're basically going to be able to skip the uh, group stages and play on a more favorable calendar. So maybe that'll favor better for us. But I think we'll we'll tackle that when we get to it. 
Um, so that's the CCL for this season, uh, over before it really began. Um, uh, all right, so now now it's all about the MLS 2017 season. It and kicked the off. US Open Cup. No, I mean like now oh, we're yeah, talking yeah, about uh, the the kickoff. We we uh, had the immense privilege to be the first ever opponent of Atlanta United, um, the you know newest hyped thing for you know not really any big reason. I sense disdain. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, it it. it I gotta say, it felt great to see that first kick. You know, as every year you tell yourself you're not gonna you're not gonna get caught up in it, but then you're like, all right, it started. We gave them the pleasure of having their first goal, but we had the satisfaction of giving them their first loss. Yeah. So this this was about to be. I think everyone in in Red Bull's internet was preparing to be so grumpy this week. Right. Like it was it was people were really laying the track work ahead of time. And this show, I was thought it was going to be super grumpy as well. I thought yeah. it was going to be grumpier than normal. Yeah. Different bits of apologia sprinkled <laughs> in with with rants and just unhinged uh, fervor. But uh, no, now now we as you know. We've won two one, and not only did we win two one, we came back from <laughs> being down, and then we came back in the last fifteen minutes of the game. Oh, what? And then we won on a own goal at near the very end, shades of curricula a little bit, uh, but you know, break, break down the wood. game for us. All right, so uh, we go down in the first half. Um, Atlanta United scores its historic inaugural first goal ever. Um, off of a cross from Tyrone Mears on the right side uh, that makes its way to the feet of uh, Assad, uh, who is completely unmarked. Um, reviewing the tape, you see that uh, it was Alex Mule who actually was with him until about the penalty spot, about 12 yards out. Mask and is then, on too tight. And then just loses him or, or really doesn't even yeah Assad doesn't even have to trick him or, or feint him in any way uh, Mule just stops tracking back altogether um, and he's got it point blank he's got it point blank within the six yard box um, you know I, Luis Robles has no chance because it's basically point blank I'll say for the eighth time um, he gets a foot on it he gets a foot on it but he's dashing to his post uh, before he even really has a chance to see it at all so you can't really blame him there um, crowd goes wild um, you know fair enough uh, why not? Um, and then you know it's feeling that familiar story uh, all over again. Um, no real, you know, no real noteworthy chances created in the first half. We don't look great, but we don't look as bad as we could. Not- I will say there was one chance I thought I thought in the first half there was a cross uh, by. I want to say Sal. In, in, it was across the yeah, across of the Sal. face of goal, lands at Aaron Long's feet, and he just just totally Whiffed. totally misses. Like it just like goes wide uh, by several feet. Yeah, Aaron Long has a first timer. Yeah, uh, that <laughs> that like goes right to him. Um, that was a good good cross by Sal. Yeah. Um, and very much the shot of a center back. Even though, as Peaches I know is about to point out, he's only recently a center back, so you would expect him to do better. But it's one of those circumstances, really, where I'm like, man, Aaron. If that's gonna be your first time shot, like take a touch and then you just, know take the wait. take the yeah. risk of getting closed down upon. If yeah. that's gonna be your first yeah. time shot, you know, 
Um, well, he just doesn't seem to have. Well, he didn't seem to have that sense for where the goal is. That you know, like. A nah, I mean, he just scuffed it though. Like he didn't hit it well. But I, I think you're right. I mean, that and the fact that we had like no chances really. Yeah. That was yeah. that was it. Yeah. Oh, and then the first half. Now I'm replaying it visually in my mind. The first half does witness a really fantastic save from Luis Robles. Um, who uh, a few a few but yeah. one in particular was really great where uh, Atlanta basically had a two on one or, or and had a guy isolated um, or, or had a clean shot basically right at the penalty spot around the move and, and Robles gets down, down all the way to the ground and, and gets a palm on it um, and gets it away and I think that's a really game changing moment there um, if the if the ball goes in there and I think all 55,000 people go crazy and we start to lose grasp of that game so that's a big moment mm-hmm. going to the second half um, we kick off and it's it's more of the same for a little bit I say I think we look better um, you know we are a little bit more confident we are denying them more space on the wings I and mean, Jesse said at the halftime interview um, that they were, we were going to try to do that and I will say that was a biz- bizarrely actually not pointless halftime interview <laughs> that he gave. Most of those halftime interviews that you see on those broadcasts are just platitudes and nothing and just media training. But he actually talked about tactics a little bit. Um, but then uh, we eventually score um, off of a Sasha Klestrin corner to Danny Royer, who just hits an authoritative uh, clean header right uh, into, you know, close to the upper 90 on, on the right side. Um, clean as you like, perfectly timed. Gotta love that Mo Fieger. Um Puts us even. Uh, and then, oh wait, also that glorious chest bump. That in that's the air. true. Yeah. He has a he has a good chest bump with Etienne, who comes has come out or has come in for uh, not Mule because Mule Grella comes in for Mule, yeah. and then Etienne comes in for Davis. Davis. Yeah, um, and then eventually uh, we get to the 80-something minute where uh, Mike Grell on the left side, which had been kind of a slightly more abandoned side for us, um, back heels it to Kamar, who looked almost as surprised as anyone that the ball was there. <laughs> he kind of had to catch himself from stumbling. And then Taxi plays just a really, really great ball, yeah. uh, basically right on the six-yard line uh, to Bradley, who... As we know now, did not actually touch it, but his presence is absolutely instrumental in forcing mm-hmm. the own goal in. Um, and I just love that ball so much because it, that's exactly why you play it there, right? Because even if Bradley doesn't get a touch on it, it, it the chances that it goes in just because of an yeah. own goal or deflection are just so high. Um, and, you know, that's all she wrote. Uh, Atlanta gets a red card for after some uh, bad discipline from uh, Carmona, uh, but we hold out. They don't really give us any sort of anxiety uh, after that, how do you guys feel about this come from behind narrative busting two one <laughs> win to start the season? I I almost prefer this. I almost prefer that we won that game over the Vancouver one. Um, I don't actually, of course, but like I, but, but like I, I'm I'm glad that we won that game. I'm glad that we were able to spoil the party. That's a lot of fun. Um, and you know, I it's it's just nice to see that we're back. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was good. I mean, I don't know. There's good and bad. Um, so I think we looked really bad in the first half. I think we looked really bad for the first 60 minutes. Really, I don't think we looked very. I think that there are players like Mule who just were not really 
uh, clicking. Davis had a pretty mediocre game. I agree. Uh, and we made a couple big changes. I think that Jesse Marsh actually, I think he was impressive that he made a substitution before the 60th minute because yeah. I feel like he almost never does that. And he made a pretty smart one. And also a general, you know, uh, putting Grella in is a pretty it's an attacking move for sure. I was surprised to not see him start, but yeah. Yeah, and then also being able to make that switch, really, putting Etienne up top and then dropping Question back, I think was really smart. And yeah. when Question was playing in that deeper position, I think we looked a lot better. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think he is getting kind of isolated. Like He just isn't being utilized to his fullest potential when he's put out wide. Yeah, the, the Question second striker experiment has, uh, you know, it's early. It's only 90 minutes into the season. Can't sure. declare it dead, but it has been a bit uh, too start, er- stop and go. Too early mm-hmm. to really tell. And I think a lot of it is, as Jesse had said, a lot of it has to do with us getting more comfortable with yeah. the, with, the, with the formation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that'll come with time, sure. But I think that just there's a very big improvement this year of Jesse not like, committing to something for until it's too late. Yeah. And I feel like that what happens is, you know, we would make a sub, but it'd be in the 80th minute after the damage had already been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we give up a goal, our momentum would shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now, you know, I think that, you know, I hope that this kind of continues. Uh, but it's a really good sign that uh, during the first game, he actually made some really quick, smart decisions. Yeah, I was a fan of the mic'd up segment uh, on, on Fox Sports <laughs> that Both. showed. I was going to point yeah, that out. That, that <laughs> showed that it sounds like something we would joke about or like a dumb, like, sketch we would write where, <laughs> where jesse is just saying to chris armis like hey do you think you think we should put mike on the on the on the left side and switch danny to the right what do you think danny's and he, already playing there most of the time yeah he's, he's already over there and then he kind of just turns and looks at the field for about three seconds it's like you think yeah okay let's do that mike go go do that mike go do that <laughs> it's just like wow they really do make decisions like we do that was such a solid mic'd up or mic <laughs> session right there yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like man we think it's all this uh rocket sound although i do think jesse was kind of just using him as a sounding board but it was a funny little moment um hey it worked yeah it did work um but yeah i i totally agree with the thing about sasha moving back um him him drifting in from the right side in particular i find to be kind of Mm, not not really working and then especially his interplay with bwp yeah. is really lacking uh i think I've, i'm slowly winning over peaches on this point of, of bradley looking out of place and and uncomfortable when uh he's get, being fed these balls over to the to the side and put a little bit more in a supporting position sure but i also just think that that's a product of the fact that we're very early into the season everyone seems to be playing right. balls to where people should be not where people actually are d- yeah and that's mostly i think a, a thing about chemistry in this it seems system. consistently like we're putting balls right on the edge of the 18 yard box and that whoever's in the attacking third is like, oh shit, I have to get like a little bit further over than I thought. Everyone has to run yeah. about three more yards yeah, yeah, than yeah, I yeah. thought they would. That was pretty much the, if you could, that's the perfect way to describe the first 45 minutes. Yeah. That was it. That was like the whole, every time. I every will, ball. I will say though, I think uh, part of that problem with Atlanta specifically was the fact that Bobby Dodd's narrower. Than, that's true. It was yeah. a very viciously narrow stadium um, or field. Um, but yeah, I would describe the first half as it felt persistently like it was just really hard to get the ball across the midfield it Mm -hmm. felt like our players were so far away from each other 
you could see that they weren't, but for some reason, it just felt like we were kicking the ball through mud and that it just takes so long to switch. And I don't think it's a coincidence that on our last goal, our winning goal, it came as a result of Danny Royer, or, or, or I think Felipe winning the ball very quickly, getting it to Danny Royer, who's actually pretty central. Mm-hmm. And then Royer was able to switch the ball or turn and switch the ball very quickly to Grella, who was then able to make the key pass. Um, oh, I think pass. that was the most... That was the quickest transition and the quickest switch of field that we had all game. There's something to be said about maybe we lulled Atlanta into security, but by focusing so much on you know one side at a time. But I, I don't know. I think that we need to do more moves like that that were quicker. And I think that was the problem that we had. That we one were lacking presence in midfield for a lot of the game. But even when we had clear passing lanes, if not a lot of personnel, it took us way too long to to actually exploit them. Uh, can I also point something else out that I thought was positive is that 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 shot from Felipe that eventually bounced off of Alec Khan. Uh, Royer almost scored that, but that led to the corner that mm. we scored our first goal on. But yeah, we should do more of that. Yeah. Felipe should absolutely take that shot. That was a yeah. good shot. If it was a little higher, that would have been a goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, like, so last year, I feel like a lot of... Oftentimes, there'd be a lot of that, like pinball-style passing. Yeah. And I feel like we're, we just aren't there yet, which is fine. Uh, but I thought it was really promising to see that in like, the last 10 minutes. Yeah, we yeah, really yeah, started yeah. to do that a lot more, on right. the, especially on the left side. I think... I think Bradley can and will be a better distributor of the ball of flicks and head-ons in the final third, but he did struggle with that noticeably this this last game. I think um, it just takes time. Yeah, no, I, th- I think he's just uh, still shaking off some cobwebs from yeah, the yeah, offseason, yeah. really, but his touch was a little uncharacteristically His posture does heavy. seem a little bit different. He got a, he got a booty yeah. now, which is, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Great, that's some lower body strength. But you got a booty a little bit, Bradley. Uh, we see it. We know. Um, my man knows. He's laughing. Um, so let's move to Goat and Wote uh, and, and tie this up. Sure. Um, Wote, I'm going to start with. You're going to start with Wote. I'm okay. going to start with Wote, yeah, Alex uh, Mule. And continue the theme of bad news first. Yeah, Alex, Alex Mule. Alex Mule. Yeah. Care to elaborate? I think I know why, but. Yeah, I mean, just because he wasn't marking his man like that, that led to the goal directly that is a pretty that's a pretty bad sign like it's the one thing yeah, like yeah. we almost lost because I mean, of that i'll say one thing is it's a coachable error but it's a pretty bad error yeah it's yeah. a rookie error and he's not a rookie anymore yeah my vote um yeah i i think i'm gonna have to go with alex mule as well really same reasons boneheaded yeah I'm going to say the same thing, uh, but I'm going to say my favorite part of the game was when Luis Robles, you could hear him, oh, yeah. uh, you could hear the sound, like, uh, when they were, re- they were like, uh, zooming in, zooming in during the, the corner kick, and he was, and he said, Alex, Alex, now is not the fucking time! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that is a perfect segue into my, what a goat, and that's Luis Robles, because oh, he perfect. played yeah, phenomenally, you know, phenomenally, and, and he had so many saves, and I think he's the only reason that we didn't, you know, we didn't lose, we didn't go down, we could have went down 2 nothing. we could have went yeah. down... Uh, uh, we could have given up, uh, you know, another goal on that that just that that kind of the gaff by uh, Aaron Long that yeah. led to the chip that he just dove up and caught. And there were a couple really like, a couple times dope saves. Yeah, a couple times where he just he, he like came out of the box. He had some really good reads on long balls right. uh, and made some really smart clearances. Yeah, that was unusual. Like, like I feel like out, you don't see him. He ran out perfectly. Yeah, the yeah. sweeper as much. Also. During the uh, after the first goal, uh, he ran all the way up to the Atlanta side to like huddle the team in, 
and that was like a yeah, really yeah, big yeah. leadership thing yeah. which again I will emphasize I think he, you know I a lot of people I mean I think Sasha's the obvious captain and yeah. I think that that's a general consensus but there, but there is certainly is a case for him Luis Robles being captain oh, he's definitely a leader and yeah, he definitely yeah. set up as a leader uh, for that team uh, in the game uh, no on Sunday, I'm, so. I'm totally on board I think Luis is obviously the best player on the field of both teams that game yeah um I, Especially since Atlanta's goalkeeper was visibly not as good. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and but but the thing is, I think there are only two people on the team right now who have um that fire that we had last or yeah. the last two seasons. And I, that's Mike Grella and Luis Robles. Mike Grella can have it too much to some point. I guess yeah. Felipe also, but like, the, we we did lose Dax. And I think we lost a bit of that. You know, like that 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 temper that Dax also brought. We don't. Have, the only person yelling at other people is Luis Robles. And yeah. I can't see Sasha even being captain doing that to anyone. Yeah, I think it's you know, obvious that Luis Robles is a, a natural leader of this team and a huge presence. I, I think I'm a fan of having the captain being an outfield player just because they're closer to the other players and no, closer to the referee. And it's just a practical matter, but I don't think anyone doubts that Luis Robles is, is a leader. Clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah, my goat is also Luis. I think that, that especially that one save I highlighted earlier, is a really huge moment where if that goes in, uh, I don't think we win that game. Oh, so I think he gets down so quickly. He got down so well. And then he his his save on the chip shot from Almiron was like a, a total veteran move. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made it look easy. <laughs> Um, you know, it's a bad move from Almiron, really. I don't know if it was his best chip option. Chip was the right decision, but like I, he just didn't do really. it. It looked like right. him. Yeah, um, he was. Oh, he, or he did it too late. Like Luis was too close right. for that. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Jesse for pronouncing Almiron as Almiron. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Jesse. Come on. Um, this is from the Mucho Trabajo coach. Yeah, you, that's yeah. I know. I we shouldn't expect better yet. We do. The I, tale of a New York Red Bulls fan. Clearly, did not take Spanish Princeton. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or maybe he did. Maybe <laughs> no, the Princeton men don't believe in Spanish. They think it doesn't <laughs> exist. Um, uh, a shout out to uh, shout out to uh, Aaron Long mentioning the one gaff that was kind of a weird gaff that yeah. Long made. He had a very solid game otherwise, but he did have that one moment where it was an errant pass, and then he he correctly sensed that the man behind him was very offside. But then I think you could just see him thinking a little bit too much because he's like, oh wait, I shouldn't run back. Keep him offside, and then Parnell was also like, "Wait, what?" And then Parnell got a late jump on Almiron, though, yeah. and he missed him. And then Long hesitated long enough that he couldn't cover him as well. So I think that was just a, a clear symptom of the fact that they have not played with each other enough. I think Parnell needs to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. And, and Felipe, I, I don't, I, I don't know what's going on there. Ooh, with his hair, with like the just the yeah. the shaved sides and the long top. I have a hot take. Yeah. Damian Parnell right now is miles better than Aurelian Collin is. Tepid, option. no. Tepid. That I would not say miles better. I would say that. Oh, that someone disagrees. I would, I would say I would say Collin is out a little out of form right now. Yeah. Which is fine, but I think on a good day, Collin is still a much is still a much better player than Parnell. I, I think starting skill sets. Right, but I think starting necessary Colin is the yeah. wrong decision right now. Well, I'm just gonna say small sample size. Yeah. Okay. How about Kyle? so if if Paranel had played in those three games, yeah. then I think it'd be a different story. Well, Paranel is just a better passer than Colin is. Right? That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Shout out to Sal Zizzo, who looked yes. the most natural mm-hmm. I've ever seen him at right back position. He still got outran the entire game, but yeah. No, that's okay. Because I mean, he's supposed to be high up, um, and it was actually, he was actually further up the field than Taxi was. Yeah. Which is maybe maybe. 
a factor of the fact that he's a step slower. But um, <laughs> no, Sal looked great. Uh, I agree. He, I think this this formation and like the new default height that Jesse has are are. Uh, fullbacks I think is good really good for Sal because I think it mixes his strength as a natural winger with the discipline he's been learning as a defender the last season and a half Um, and uh, I think teams are kind of confused because they're giving him a little bit more of that space and he hangs back when they don't expect him to and then he really pounces though yeah uh, and and shows off more of his attacking instinct um, and makes them pay for it every once in a while. So tip of the hat to Sal. Maybe, maybe you know, w- maybe we have a Mike Grow situation going on here again where we get <laughs> a new player out, yeah. and then a, a guy who we don't expect <laughs> just starts playing out of his skin and just doesn't can't make it or makes it so you can't drop him. That would be a good problem to have. Um, I mean, I, I was just telling you this though. I mean, I, I agree. Sal's has had a great game. He added a lot going forward. But I I think we still need a little bit more defensive coverage because he he just he can't get back fast enough. He's not fast enough to do that anymore. And I think a way to mitigate that might be to go to a three in the back system. But that's such a that's such a comprehensive change. That's that's something huge though. I don't know. Yeah, I know. But I mean, well, is it? I mean, like mid season Chelsea did, did that and turned their season around. Yeah, like this season, I guess. So. I mean, it's interesting because Dax used to kind of play that kind of when, when we had we were in a possessive defensive or no a possessive like building phase. Yeah. Dax would routinely Get receive back, the ball yeah. and kind of be in between the two center backs, and now Davis is kind of doing that instead of Dax. Well, it should be Felipe, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but since we hate on, on Sal so much, I'm going to acknowledge him. Yeah. Cool. doesn't get my goat. Luis does. All right. So that's that's our first segment for our three uh, points against Atlanta. Top of the table. We're going to win the World Cup. Um, join us out of the segment for a uh, overdue discussion about the demonstration that happened um, before the game against Vancouver two weeks ago. And I think probably a, a riff about politics and sport in general. Um Sounds like a powder keg if I've heard one, but uh, join us after the break. Hannah Montana, 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 Hannah Montana. I got Molly, I got white, I got Molly, I got white. I've been tripping, 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 tripping all damn night. Hannah Montana, 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 Hannah Montana. All right, welcome to segment two of You From 202, episode 39, 39, 39. Um, uh, We're bringing back the three-segment format for this episode because we want to get to something that we could not fit in last week. Let's talk politics. Yeah, uh, but specifically in the context of soccer, we're not going to subject you to our random musings uh, without any sort of context. So uh, really the gateway into this is that um, as you may have seen before the Van- first Vancouver game, first leg, uh, in 101, there was a uh, short little demonstration um, of sorts uh, where there were the seven flags of the countries included in the first immigration executive order, um, as well as the flag of Mexico that were held up uh, in solidarity with the people from those countries um, against the illegal, now officially illegal, uh, executive order and, uh, you know, other deprived, or not deprived, depraved 
you know, anti-immigrant and xenophobic sentiments that uh, clearly motivate it. Um, and then after the flags were uh, displayed, there was, I believe, an anti-fascist flag as well. Uh, somewhere in the section. Somewhere in the section at the same time. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty clear statement of intent from uh, ESC, which members. if you, if ESC members, yeah, excuse me, uh, if you read your Vice uh, or post from Vice that we post, you know that yeah, ESC actually has a history of anti-fascism uh, back in 1995, actually, when um, it was still the New York Centaurs as uh, kind of the the forming ground of, of soccer in New York. Um, there was a fight to not no platform fascists in the group. Uh, which, if you've been paying attention to other New York Metro uh, soccer, is apparently not as easy or automatic as you might assume. Um, but I think this was a, uh, a great demonstration. I'm going to voice my unequivocal support for it. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, solidarity with uh, this cause is uh, really, really quite fundamental, in my opinion. And I think uh, towards the question of, you know, what place do... Uh, politics have in soccer, which which is a particular framing that is biased, by the way. Um, I, I think that this, at the very least, uh, does belong as a meaningful statement that I'm proud that uh, fans of this club have made. Yeah, I mean, uh, you could call it apolitical or political, however you want it to be, but I, 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 I think it's a strong statement that... Um, you know, I, I feel like there there's a bit of a moral um, obligation to if 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 you truly support you know just kind of people um, the the form of humanity that um, I, I'm I'm classified as New Yorkers I could say progressives but that turns people off um, or and, and the framing of the, the human rights um, framing just it means that it's it's this kind of universal feeling of empathy for um, the people that were excluded by this empathy and solidarity, yeah. I think. I mean that that is a good point that you're broaching here. Um, that that I've seen some people um, kind of discussing. Oh, this isn't even a political point. This is a human rights issue. Um, and I think my my stance is like whatever gets you here, like it doesn't matter. Like as long as like you're displaying solidarity and like speaking out, like whatever yeah. whatever works for you is fantastic. Um, my personal take. Is that um, you know it, that that kind of shows the w- different ways that we read what politics really means, you know. In my opinion, um, it absolutely is political, but that I think that mm-hmm. is because I define politics as something wider than elections. So you know, human rights are, in in a way, you know, extremely political. Human yeah. rights are only valid insofar as they're politically respected, right. and human rights are kind of a political construction, or, or you know, you can have uh, a constitution, or you can have a document that declares human rights, but they don't mean anything unless they're politically exercised, right? And political power mm-hmm. respects them, so they're very much. Um, politics is the fight over power for recognizing those rights and humanity of others. Yeah, I mean, I think the most clear example to try to think about that with is is that clearly the the transgender bathroom bills and stuff like that that's all human human rights but it's definitely very a, a politically motivated right um you know both fight against it a fight for it, it, it everything in that vein goes back to policy and execution of policy right or or power i guess is even more broad way right. to, to talk about it um 
in a way, I think uh, viewing this as apolitical actually it, it evinces the the strength of a certain mindset. Because, um, you know, the things that don't appear political to us are the things that are, are you know, predominant, right? Yeah. Just like everywhere. Like, you know, you could say in a certain way that the way that we think about things is, is in one way or the other filtered through a kind of a liberal, liberal set of ideas. Either you endorse them or you're, you're kind of a conservative side of that and you critique them. Um, so when you're, you know, when we're talking about um, human rights, the, fact, the very fact that we see this as human rights and apolitical, I think, speaks to the fact that people find this so fundamental to their worldview, which I think is good. Uh, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll reiterate that, um, that that is a good thing that people find this so fundamental and basic to them that they see it beyond electoral politics a little bit. So I think it's slightly beside the point when I'm saying that, that, and I'll reiterate, whatever works for you to support this sentiment is good. And then the mirror of this is to say that you know, to be apolitical in this context and say that, oh, you know, ESC should have, you know, been apolitical and 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 not made a statement and withheld whatsoever. That I think this is a very clear instance where you can see that doing that would implicitly support the status quo, mm-hmm. which unfortunately now, tragically, is the executive order and the xenophobia that you know went behind it. I mean, arguably it's been the status quo for some quite quite some time, but it's been you know explicitly exercised through the executive order and the presidency uh, in a way that is new um, or slightly new. Mm. Um, so being being apolitical, I would say, is not really an option, and I'm glad that members or, or supporters of this team chose not to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think the obvious counter-argument that came about is what, what if people started, you know, um, demonstrating make America great again type stances or things like that. And I think there's a pretty easy answer to that, and it's that no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but it, it's just that you know, obviously, I th- I think that if we ignore the history of, um, especially you know, ESC, I think um, that it just it's just not the group to, to do that in. You know, it's 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 the wrong yeah. group of people. A lot of these people back in '96 literally fought against Nazis. There, there's there's a phrase uh, that I think is really good, or saying that you know, liberalism cannot be liberal to itself. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people would not describe themselves as liberal as they would describe them something to the left of that. But I think um, that, that that's a very good foundational idea for liberalism, though, to a certain extent, is that in order for kind of a liberal worldview and kind of, you know, we're speaking small l in a sense. Uh, uh, so like Adam Smith. Or just, yeah, like, yeah, you know, like just the general conception of, of, of priority of individual rights. Right. You know, in order for that to work, you need kind of a radical commitment to that that foundation of ideas in the first place and really that's what we're talking about now with like the rise of these these right-wing movements it mm-hmm. is uh, an explicit nationalism explicit xenophobia so um you know even if, if if you and i think as most people do define themselves as liberals rather than something more radical then uh in order to support that you, you liberalism cannot be neutral to itself it needs to insist upon its uh ideas of um you know, liberal individual rights. So it cannot entertain right-wing reaction or nationalism or xenophobia as though it's just another set of ideas. It needs to reject it wholesale no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I guess to tie it back into the supporters groups as a whole, I mean, that kind of goes back to what I was saying about GSU this this year and the bold 
prediction that I had made, or relatively bold predictions that we had made. I mean, I think this is a perfect platform for them to really kind of show their anti-fascist side. But I think, like, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not going to, like, wax on the way that Peaches does. Uh, but, like, just, like, the, the people that say that politics and sports shouldn't mix, just, like, fuck off. Like, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> sick. I'm so sick of seeing, like, like a handful of people always saying that about this stuff because they always feel a little uncomfortable about these conversations that are had. Right. And they like refuse to engage and they just get like, just like, let's just not do this. Let's not talk about it. And there's like, but you know, there are some people who say that, but I'm also glad that the majority of people in ESC and I say probably the majority of supporters are pretty quick to silence that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the big argument that people always make is just that, you know, what about the people who are going to sports events to try to escape all the crazy stuff that's going on in the real world? The, you know, that politics and sports don't mix. And if, if I, I think that if you legitimately think that, um, you're coming from... I mean, like, I, I, I know people hate being accused of this, but, like, I, I think that perspective has to come from a point of privilege. Um, yeah. That to be apolitical is... It means that you are... Um, succeeding within this current society and how it's set up or comfortable yeah and you know there 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 are many permutations of privilege uh that different people interact with or benefit from in different ways yeah but would, yeah i think that's would accurate. you would you say that like i think that soccer in other countries has been a lot more openly political yeah uh, but i mean would Amer- I'm, I'm just i'm not like would would you say American sports are less no. political? No, absolutely uh, not. Yeah, well, than, in different ways, in than, different ways than than other in other countries, and it doesn't have to be just soccer. This could be any other. Right, sport. I was going to say just like you have Muhammad Ali, right? Right. Well, and it's interesting though because if you look at the American mode of of politics in sport, it is actually much more individualized That's than true. it is. You have Muhammad Jackie Ali, Robinson. and then you have Jackie Robinson. You have Colin Kaepernick. Now yeah. we're making. Uh, you know, valiant in, in different demonstrations, um, but it is, I think, noticeably different from the mode of politics that you see in Europe or Latin America, where it's kind of a, a clash of a tribes group, kind yeah. of thing, a clash of ideologies kind of thing. Um, this is particularly relevant right now, uh, as U.S. soccer has announced that they are making a rule that will be enforced on a case-by-case basis. That oh, everyone Wallace, has that's to a bad take on that. Yeah, shame on Fox News or Fox Sports. All those giving you know, that platform. Fox Sports <laughs> News for for giving for giving Alexi Lawless an uninterrupted bit to to rant, um, you know, unopposed at a halftime for a primetime airing on this. You know, it would be one thing if Alexi were on a panel with someone who disagreed with mm-hmm. him. I would still criticize Alexi for having a garbage opinion. Um, but to, for Fox News to just give him a, a un, uninterrupted podium there uh, was, was particularly egregious. Like surely they could have just put Megan Rapino there or something, right? Like <laughs> Megan would have slayed him though. So uh, although not that would have mattered because the discourse is an overemphasized idea. But but yeah, um, I mean, can we, can we go back to this whole sports and politics thing though in general? Because if if you say sports and politics don't mix, then what sports have you been watching? Yeah, well, I I like this distinction that Sam has drawn um, because uh, I think that there there is a thing specific to American soccer where we can fetishize the more tribal aspects of soccer. In, in ac- across the world, which is I think what I was kind of talking about about Jay Caspian Kang last week. 
that I don't think he was t- entirely wrong to say that sometimes that comes with things that we don't think about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I, I feel like you've been tweeting about this for... Yeah, so I know Peaches wants to kind of make me uh, expound upon this, that um, I think that, you know, a lot of the reasons some especially young men in America get into soccer like the idea of soccer is that it was part of this like larger trend in American culture that this this seeking of what was seen as authentic mm-hmm. um, and that you know seeing West Ham versus Chelsea uh, as like a, a clash of different neighborhoods in London felt more authentic to or seems more authentic and more romantic than uh, you know the Mariners versus the twins on a Tuesday mm-hmm. uh, and that is kind of like a, a escape from you know, totally prepackaged, prefab uh, sense of the world. And, you know, you can find this beyond sports. You can find this, like, every movie made in the 90s is about this feeling. Punk rock is kind of about this feeling, you know, this search for the authentic. Um, and soccer was kind of an interesting way to explore that because you get that, and then also you get kind of an escape into, like, an alternative form of masculinity that's not coded in traditional American ways. Mm-hmm. It's not coded necessarily through the overt militaristic stuff that we got heavily after uh, 9-11 yeah. and before it too and uh, it was kind of the weird situation where you were, be called, you were being you know given homophobic slurs by like probably some of your classmates for liking soccer on the one hand but then you see the, uh, these other guys like exerting a unique form of uh, tribal masculinity mm-hmm. the other it was kind of like an in between point but like with that and as soccer gets more popular there is a dangerous romanticization of uh, this kind of tribalism that does come with some of the deep-seated problems of European and Latin American and global politics that we just can't take we can't take for granted. We can't just assume that it it doesn't kind of come with. I mean, this is the problem about nationalism in general, right? Is that uh, liberal nationalism is a very difficult, almost impossible project to achieve because it sure. so easily tips into reaction. It so easily tips into xenophobia. So easily, because it's, it's easier to do those things. It's easier to rally around the flag and and rally around identity and be hateful than keep a big tent. Which you know brings us to uh, some other news that, that um, and what Peaches is alluding to about me tweeting about NYCFC, where I kind of have this bit where I, I think there's an endemic uh, nature of all this to NYCFC's brand. As of today, we've learned that three of their fans have been arrested for assaulting a police. Uh, officer in uh, Orlando. Uh, the latest incident of hooliganism that has NYCFC fans once again repeating their new club slogan, not all fans, which is a <laughs> great, great look, NYCFC. <laughs> keep going for that. Um, but uh, I, I do have a longer prolonged take that uh, that I should write down on paper. I think I have a bit of, of a perfectionist uh, worry about it that if I don't get it perfectly, I'll get... I'll, I'll do dis- no, you just need to start. service to you just the point. Started. But um, the you know the idea is that like the, I think Red Bull fans are know this very well that the foundational logic to to NYCFC is is kind of like this weird civic nationalism. It kind of has roots in the same kind of thing that Michael Bloomberg actually was into in his own way. But then you know we, we're all familiar with it. it's it's five boroughs, one city. Uh, support your city, I think, is the most insidious version of this. This idea that this is the real team, this that real people follow, mm-hmm. and that you know the team across the river is not a true representative of New York City. The exclusionary, right? Yeah, it's easy to glom some you know liberal New York values on top of this, but then we see very well that this easily accommodates people who are not interested in those. They can just slide under the the flag very easily. So my question to NYCFC is that is it any shock when your entire claim 
to your branding, to your videos, to your team slogan, to your visual identity, being that you know this is the true representative of the people of New York City. Is it any shock that you have any fascists under your flag? It shouldn't be. Is it any shock that they're not condemning them? No, because I'd have to acknowledge that, that this is an endemic part to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So they're going to try to pretend like this isn't happening. And then all of their fans that who are involved right now are also on a constant apologia tour and just saying, oh, it's not all of us. Whereas really it's it's the the kind of moderate, you know, uh, teasing out of this idea. It's like, well, you know, this is our city. So we need to support our city that totally accommodates yeah. this mind frame uh, wholesale, in my opinion. And you could tease out, I think, opposing ideologies sure. of, of what you know sure. Red Bulls fans try to or, or tend towards and what Cosmos fans tend yeah, towards. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's very clear that there, there is a Trump-esque tendency among the NYCFC uh, claim that no, other people... Real New Yorkers hate Donald Trump. <laughs> but, Except some of the most jingoistic New Yorkers love Donald Trump. But I, I mean, I, I, I think that puts us in stark juxtaposition, right? Uh, like to what NYCFC are, are doing right now or their supporters are doing right now in, in that, you know, w- when the Metro Stars came about and when Empire Supporters Club was starting off, they violently fought Nazis. I don't, I mean, that that's true. I don't want you to oversell it. No, though. no. I don't I, want I, you I don't, to oversell it as some huge war. True. No, I, I agree. But I, I think there is that juxtaposition of, well, you know, there is this group of people willing to do that, but there's... Yeah also this group of people not willing to even try to bring that up as a, a legitimate issue. Well, the party line that you hear sometimes is like, oh, this just happens among any large group of people which you guys wouldn't know about because you don't have that many people. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, that's a, <laughs> you know, I'll just let that speak for itself. Well, I think it's just most indicative in the instances where, like, I think the biggest one was, like, the the uh, the pride flags. I mean, like, when, when you see it, like, with our fan base, I mean, uh, just there's this like you know this idea of inclusion and this sort of general consensus that this that having a flag, uh, like a pride flag on the on the perch is a normal thing to do. Right. And and then just like that voice that I was talking about, the no sports and politics is so much more dominant in like the groups, this like Facebook groups or the Reddit page for NYCFC, and that gets so much more traction and support. And that's just the probably this is an excellent example of what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I think we should put a pin in this. We'll talk about politics more. Yeah, we could definitely talk about this forever. Um, So basically, uh, you know, if one were to maybe put uh, all of the police, (laughs) all of the police with (laughs) with maybe all of all of NYCFC fans in say I don't know like an area in the middle of nowhere really nowhere in particular in segment and then three just, and, just, t- and just leave them Colorado. there um, and maybe uh, maybe well, we just leave them there for a year so so in segment three we're gonna talk about Colorado who's talking about this is not my idea what am I talking about okay and uh, yeah that's right yeah Since. segment three we're looking forward <laughs> to the future which is Colorado on this weekend beginning our little uh, western conference mini series uh, coming up Week two of MLS action, folks. Uh, catch that for the break. This land is your land, and this land is my land. From California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. 
As I went a walking that ribbon of highway, and I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. footsteps and the sparkling sands of her diamond deserts all around me a voice was a sounding this land was made for you and me there was a big high wall there that tried to stop me the sign was painted said private property but on the back side, it didn't say nothing. This land was made for you and me. When the sun comes shining, then I was strolling, and the wheat fields waving, and the dust clouds rolling. A voice was chanting as the fog was lifting. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land, and this land is my land. From California to the New York Island, from Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. Segment three of View from 202. Looking forward towards this weekend. Week two of MLS action. You sound like an ad. Coming off of three points against the Atlanta United. Uh, we're, playing, we're playing Colorado. Home opener. It might be a back-to-back uh, Snow Classico against Colorado. Oh. Isn't that typical? You know uh, what? I'm, the more and more you say it, the more and more I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Well, the current forecast, oh, I've checked like six hours ago. Maybe it's changed. I think the current forecast has it uh, to be like snowing on Saturday and only Saturday, so who knows? It may it may show up later early, uh, but like be pretty temperate, like somewhere between 28 and like 38. So that actually sounds kind of nice, like just a moderate, like not bad snow day sounds kind of fun. If it's just like a hellstorm of wintry mix, no thank you, like no. But like <laughs> just like a nice little like dusting of like an inch over the course of the game i could i could fuck with that i uh, i would fuck with like five straight inches though no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> would you peaches would you i, I would <laughs> no you, that that is not true that's it um no i did i i still don't have fond memories of jermaine jones scoring on us in the snow mm. last year so uh no i'd like i like a perfectly perfectly functional snow game well, as per uh, Monday night, it looks like the Saturday forecast is 33 and sunny, and the Sunday forecast Damn. is 31 and snowy. Oh, so, all right, so the snow's already moved uh, past. Already I, moved I, I would say neither situation is very pleasant because they're both in the 30s, low yeah. 30s, Hopefully at freezing. So uh, at least I bought a snow hat. Yeah, I need to They're get both a hat. so nice. Yeah. Very solid. And at least, purchase. as we've discussed, the scarf is functional this year. Um, so. 
Yeah, it's probably going to be low attendance then if it's so cold, though, but who gives a shit at this point? South Ward will be nice and crowded. Yeah. We'll be nice and drunk, probably. Yeah. Saturday Four, four, four yeah. o'clock on a Saturday. Perfect. Yeah. Even have time to recover and get home. True. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's early in the season. Colorado, of course, had a really strong season last year. Finished second in the West, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, second so, overall. Second in the West. Yeah. Eventually, uh, no, we finished second overall. Uh, I thought we. No, 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 no they were ahead of us. Ah, shit. By a point. Um, fifth, sixty. Was it sixty? Fifty-eight. Everything good Britt felt about last season just gone, gone. <laughs> yeah. Last season, total failure. Um, so uh, Colorado, uh, you know, rode a stout defense uh, anchored by Jermaine Jones in midfield, and. Uh, um, gosh, he's also a midfielder. Excuse me. Who's their set? Skjöberg? Huberg. Uh, Huberg. Jesus. Uh, these Nordic languages, they're just so damn inferior. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, anti-Nordic racism. It's all the It's all the rage right now. It's woke. It's woke racism. Um, but They're too white. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they think the sun's too spicy. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, let's <laughs> let's let's dunk on absolute Huberg, Huberg, Huberg. Damn it! He sounds uh, like a, a Dr. Seuss character. Yeah, he sounds like the Axel fucking, Huberg, the fucking like. mayor of Whoville. Um, <laughs> sounds no Huberg sounds like what Whoville, like the German version of Whoville is. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our very tactical yeah. su- summary of. Anyway, what this so our summary for attacking uh, Colorado Rapids is fuck out of here, Axel Whoville motherfucker. So. Uh, Join us next week. Um, no, but uh, Tim Howard, all that. Okay. Circling back. Uh, Jermaine Jones is gone now. He plays for Yay. LA. So that, that, that's out of the Ooh. picture. Um, however, uh, Colorado did win their game uh, on Sunday. They played, they played the New England Revolution at hey, home. Hey, this is the perpetually hyped uh, by MLSsoccer.com New England Revolution, who are always about to turn the corner. Well, I will say I did... I did speak highly of Fagundes last week, so I'm not immune. Yeah, but, nah, but, nah, nah, nah. Well, but fuck that. Has Scotty Caldwell ever re- like? He should just retire now after that Giovinco. He's still playing. God, like, look, I don't, I don't know. Right? Shouldn't he? He should just. This is a this is a Revs team that is free of Bobby, Bobby Shuttleworth now, though, so they've that going for them. Cody yeah. Cropper starting. Well, okay. Either, either way, New England Revolution looked just as bad as they did last season. Yeah. Still, <laughs> so it, sorry, we're not even playing them. Fuck it, so, the so 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 yeah, that they, they are not relevant. Yeah. Baji Baji scored though, uh, who was one of their uh, top contributors last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so Colorado's uh, got a decent amount of momentum. Um, there's no mm-hmm. reason. Despite the fact that I was a documented hater last year, there's no reason to think that they they won't be okay again. No, nah, I'm a year. hater. They don't have Jermaine Jones. They're not gonna do it. Yeah, you think? No. Also, like who? Like they won one nil against New England. That's so typical Colorado. They're gonna get all those points like they did last season, and that's gonna overinflate how good they look. Yeah. Well, we did win on an own goal against an expansion team. True. Although it was dope as fuck. So. Right. Also. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like honestly, but but. But Colorado ha- ha- win the games that they should win, and they lose the games that they're expected to lose. Yeah, I mean it's hard. It's hard to really draw a tactical comparison last year because uh, from compared to last year's game, because one we're playing a different system, and two snow, snow, and we were in the worst losing streak ever, ever last season when we <laughs> played them, and it was just like a karmic rebalancing where Jermaine Jones scored on us in his very first game back from suspension and very first game for Colorado, and of course that was always going to happen, right? So, uh, 
what's what's your take here? Do you think do you think we get a good result at home to to please the home fans? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game because it's Colorado, and I feel like every game is like one nothing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> their last few have been at least. What, their last three? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they lost one nothing. Was it lost one nothing at LA, won one nothing at Colorado, and then won that, that series, right? And then... And yeah, then they lost, they lost to they, Seattle. Then, yeah, and then they also then they what, won one nothing uh, this past weekend. So I just feel like it's just very very typical of them. Uh, so it's going to be a, just kind of this defensive game they're going to play, especially yeah. on the road, and it's not going to be as satisfying to watch. Yeah. So I'm. So what's your so PG's your one zero? No, uh, I my take's going to be a one one draw. Sam, what's your take? One nothing win. I'm going two one win. Mm. Gotta support the boys, right? We're gonna win the World Cup. We're gonna go undefeated. I mean, here's the thing. I I think we're gonna have an invincible season. Um. <laughs> okay. But I, hey, we are unbeaten in like 18 games now. Exactly. Going, that's, not counting yeah. the playoffs. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> that's a very that's a very <laughs> Golden State Warriors thing to do. <laughs> but um, fuck it. Don't let this distract you from the fact. Yeah. Uh, that BWP won Golden Boot with no PKs. <laughs> um, all right, so that's a wrap on on Colorado, the incredibly uh, sophisticated team that we've incredibly sophisticated take on. Uh, I'm gonna wrap this week up though with a uh, this thing that was passed around uh, to uh, the Atlanta United uh, press box um, that was a basic soccer vocabulary guide. I'm I'm curious on your takes on take yeah. on this because in my opinion this this sheet accidentally segregates what I find to be the more insufferable words from the less insufferable words. Uh-huh. And But I'll clarify, because I was un- unclear when I was talking to people on this or about this earlier. And I don't mean that uh, using some of these words is wrong. What I mean by insufferable is that for the first set of words, I think it's, it's more permissible to exclusively use them yeah. and softly nudge people in that you know that those are the more used words. For the second, second set of words, I think it's kind of like insufferable and, and annoying to only insist on them. So the first set of words, the ones that I think that are good and, and more reasonable are goalkeeper instead of goaltender, right. keeper instead of goalie, uh, offside instead of offsides, draw instead of tie, and extra time instead of overtime. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. I mean, offsides, I feel like if you say offside... Yeah, that one's pretty, like, yeah. whatever. You can let that one go. Yeah. If I if I'm like actually like friends with someone after like a little while maybe eventually I'll be like I think it's actually it's offside. offside. I usually yeah. I feel like I find myself just saying offside right after them, but right. in, in a sentence. Yeah, it's like kind, kind of that thing like where a, you kind of try to like kind of nudge correct them. them. Yeah, yeah. Um, tie is also fine if someone says tie, like especially if someone's just talking in the context of a sentence. Yeah, and saying tie, I'll say when people say tie to refer to like. A, a future game or like a fixture. No, that's weird. Nah, that's weird. It's too much. Okay. Yeah, it's like when uh, Alexi Loss always says "find joy." It's like no, Alexi, go home. Xenophobic asshole, go home. Yeah, for <laughs> multiple <laughs> reasons. Sec- oh. Second set of words. This is labeled soccer synonyms on the guide. Uh, football for soccer. We okay. all know that one. Supporters for fans. Okay. Eh. Kits for jerseys. Home and home scoring for aggregate. That one's a little strange because I feel like no one ever says home, home and home, and home anyway. Scoring, yeah. Clean sheet for shutout. That one's that one's kind of okay. 
nil instead of zero, boots instead of cleats, match instead of game, pitch instead of field, and referee instead of official. I'll say that referee instead of official is fine. Official is weird. That that isn't that that. Sure. You know what? What I, what I would also say is I would say that um, I would refer to fans as like the the general spectators. Right. But then I would refer to supporters as really just the supporters groups and supporters right. clubs. Nothing. Yeah, wrong I think that's with, fair. Nothing wrong with saying jerseys or cleats to me. Jerseys is fine. Saying kit, I think if you're gonna say kit, that means the entire thing. Right. So like AKA full kit wanker. But yeah. I, I think I would only ever say it in that context. Right. Like exactly. I'd only say like full kit wanker. In the or I'd say that our kits look good. Right. Yeah. Like the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Ha. Uh, uh, boots. Boots. Boots is a very anglophilic. Thing. Yeah. I as, I know player. If you're like a player yourself, you can say boots. I mean, if you're a player yourself, you can say anything. Yeah. Really, I guess. You could say <laughs> football instead of soccer. Yeah. Uh, Cardinal sin. Cardinal sin is insisting that it's actually football. No, no friends of mine do that. Uh, it's an English word. Did you know that, soccer? It is, yeah. yeah. But also, uh, language is fluid and changes. So, mm. uh, but do our yeah. plugs. Our plugs. <laughs> Closing out this week. Uh, we have a, we have a fantasy league. Uh, you should join it. Still, um, you'll be a week behind. But For oh wait, no, it's a it's a classic league, so you can join it any time. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so join, join do, our I, league. do my points accumulate or carry, or carry over? From if I created a team and didn't assign it to a league? Yeah, they do. For ours, they do. Okay, yeah. cool. So join it, no That's matter me. what. Right yeah, now. like, if you can't find it, like, message us on Twitter or something. Yeah. Add us. Uh, we're going to post it again on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at viewfrom202, as always. Contact at viewfrom202.com is have, our email. We have t-shirts. We have t-shirts. We have a shop. Check out our shop. Yeah. Um, we just made things because we get bored and we make things. Yeah. Um, it's viewfrom202.com slash shop. And then we have a Spotify playlist. That's a new thing that we started. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. And it's already our second post in our blog. Now. How do you find it? It's on our blog? It's on our blog, but it's, it's on our second blog. post now because Bill's interview is the first oh, yeah. But Okay, so it's on our we'll blog. We'll post a link to it on we'll Twitter. We'll post a link stuff. to it as well, but if you want to catch all that music we post, it, we have a Spotify playlist now. Yeah. So, yeah. so when you're <laughs> jamming out to our mix of hip-hop and indie rock and, and girl pop. Girl pop, yeah. Yeah. It's an important mix. All right, um, so that's it. I think we'll, we'll see, if we know you, we'll see you on Saturday probably. Probably. If not, we'll, uh, you know, listen to us next week. How many steps closer are we when your headlights disappear in the east? I'm tired of hearing I want to remember what we did in the backseat.